0: song you just heard is dog of war by the hell yeah babies which means i'm nick bond and this is how wrestling explains strange but exciting episode today andy yeah it's me oh angry andy's here uh you may know him from such wrestling promotions as new york wrestling connection Or such podcasts as Nick and Andy Tag Team Wrestling. You probably don't know him from that. We had, like, 12 listeners. Uh, They were loyal, though. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks, uh, Nick and Andy Tag Team Wrestling Army. You were here for us in our time of need. So, um... I don't know how to put this. uh, Legally, actually. You're a news producer, so maybe you can help me with this. Uh, Allegedly? Or purportedly? Can I say purportedly? Um yeah yeah you're a good start so far okay uh kenan got dave um we're in negotiations with Keenan's camp um i can't say much more than that but uh the pocket cast mafia is real hide your wives hide your kids
1: and luckily for you nick i follow the first rule of professional wrestling and I always bring my gear. <laughs> so I was ready today. I was ready to show up, ready to work, ready for anything. And here we are.
0: Uh, so I have I have a question. Uh, how much do you know about baseball? There's
1: like eight or nine innings. <laughs> at and, least. At, at sometimes. <laughs> um, when I played, there was a mercy rule, which I was pretty familiar with. <laughs> uh, no, no I, I enjoy baseball quite a bit. And I know several things about it.
0: Oh, that's good, because we are here to talk about baseball today, and that may seem weird for Booker T, but uh, what I think of when I think of Booker T is a five-tool player. Do you know what a five-tool player is, Andy?
1: A player who plays with more than four tools.
0: Um, I mean, technically, yes. Uh, Technically, that is an accurate description of what a... Yeah, that's, you know, in some ways... (laughs) What do they are? Uh, So, for those who don't know, Uh, including Andy, apparently, uh, (laughs) it is, uh, in baseball, players who have five tools can do everything the game requires. Uh, Speed and base running, hitting for power, hitting for average, fielding, and arm strength. Uh, And anybody that's a five tool player usually will go higher in the draft than somebody he'll be projected as to be more of a star. King Griffey Jr. was a five tool player. um, Willie Mays, five tool player. Today's
1: game for me as a Yankee fan,
0: it's Aaron Judge. Booker T is the perfect example of why, even if you're the best player, even if you're a five tool player who ends up living up to your talent, which I think Booker T did, a lot of it comes down to, I mean, in baseball, it would be how you're. Team is built around you, but in wrestling, it's kind of how you're booked,
1: right? In wrestling, the creative team and your opponents, your tag team partners are your team. So if you are booked poorly, if you're booked to look like an idiot, it really doesn't matter if you are a 5 tool player or the best guy on the roster. You're not going to be the all-star that... A five-tool player in baseball almost definitely would be.
0: Yeah, if they live up to their potential. And it's and we talked about this. Uh, Dave and I talked a lot about this. That Booker T was always able to shine, no matter how bad the lineup was around him, no matter who was. Because uh, we like we gave Stevie Ray a decent amount of credit. I think for the people that listened, we were we did right by Stevie Ray in terms of his influence on Booker and the way he helped him. But there are some matches where they are the only two people that can wrestle. At all. And Stevie Ray can wrestle at like a quarter of the ability of Booker T. But Booker T just stands out in every single match.
1: Booker T shines. And Booker T shines through when the writing around him has no shine whatsoever.
0: Yeah, he really trans. He's a transcendent star. And it's because he can talk. He can wrestle technically. He can, do- he can brawl. He's a high flyer. And he's a great psychological wrestler.
1: Booker T for me is like the kind of guy. Booker T in WCW for me. Is a five tool player signed to like your local <laughs> non affiliated team? So, like the Ducks, for us, it'd be like if he was the starting second baseman for the Ducks, yeah, playing and was the, hitting the, like for, 50 home yeah. runs
0: and just destroying the Independent, batting 600
1: against the Crawdads. <laughs> if you're like, what? what is this? Yeah, why is, is this guy stuck here? Team? Yeah, it
0: sounds like it's, yeah, it sounds like they're definitely a team in the Crawdads, where they are, we don't know, but. Maybe on another alternate universe. I I think there's like a Blue Crabs or something that (laughs) that the
1: Ducks do play
0: again. Yeah, the Bridgeport Bluefish. What you have to understand is that like Booker T is just one person. Same way Mike Trout is just one person. Booker T is not in any way the reason the WCW didn't beat WWE. He is one of the least, the people you could put the least blame on, in fact. He did the best job when they needed him. He came back from G.I. Bro. He did everything they asked of him and he did so while doing his best in basically everything he did so
1: for your money is booker t the guy who hit 40 home runs for the indians in major league where it's just the team built to fail with yeah. a guy shining through
0: yeah president palmer from uh from 24 that is Hayesbert. <laughs> uh yeah i i just listened to a podcast about Major League. I'm not a savant. I was amazed that you just pulled all
1: of that <laughs> out of nowhere. i
0: like, got speechless. She stopped now, Jobu. Look, I go to you. I stick up for you. You know, help me now. fuck you, Jobu. I do it myself. He wasn't helped by the booking. He wasn't helped, for the most part, by opponents. So I think, and this is something I really like, and this is something that really reminds me about, uh, it, to me, a really strong bridge between the two, is that... Although Scott Steiner isn't what he was when he was younger by the time they start to feud, they have such great chemistry together, the way that like a great hitter and a great pitcher facing off against each other, that, that like, mano-a-mano aspect of it, I think is something that you really see in both baseball and wrestling. It's something that you can really judge how people are relative to their peers because a lot of times they'll face them directly. If you're a pitcher, you're going to face a hitter. It's not like if in basketball, if the best player in the league is a center and the second best player in the league is a point guard, they're not going to guard each other and they're not going to really play against each other.
1: See I was thinking three four in the lineup. Because mm-hmm. if I'm if I'm batting third and you're batting fourth and I never get on base. I'm not helping you. We're not going to succeed together. But if I'm the guy that hits a double and you knock me in with a single every time, we're going to be a pretty damn good duo and it's going to yeah. work out pretty well. And I feel like that was Booker and Scott Steiner. In
0: wrestling, And I think you see it, if you watch a lot of sports, you do see the ways in which they are a team. The goal is to benefit the greater good if you're doing it right. And like I think Scott Steiner, Booker T was one of the few guys he didn't take liberties with. He wrestled him like he was supposed to. He didn't
1: try to rip his eyes
0: out. Didn't try to rip his eyes out. He didn't try to, like, complain about what the booking was. He was very much like, there's a respect with Booker T, because I think they all understood he was doing it without a net. He was like, he had no protection in the lineup at any point in his career, really, beyond when he first started with Stevie Ray and Cherry. Really knows how to break down what's going on in the game and slow it down. Booker T and Stevie Ray were clearly better than everyone else they were around because of Booker T. And I think that's how you know he was a five-tool player from the very start, even when he wasn't, like, mind-blowing in terms of psychology. He still had it. He still understood how to make stuff look good. He had the physical psychology of, like, this is going to be a really cool way to do a spin kick. But he didn't have the, like, I should only use a spin kick once, and I should do it at this point in the match. But you can see people piecing it together, and that's one of the things that, like, is really interesting about baseball for me is and, – and you do see it in wrestling, too, is sometimes people get on, like, hot streaks, and you – they turn from hot streaks into actual, like, oh, this guy is good – And I feel like that happens in wrestling where you're like, but it's almost in terms of the pushes now. Is this, we were just talking about it with Kevin Owens. It's like, he's a great baby face. I really hope this is like the way he plays now. How about Becky Lynch a year ago? Yeah, exactly.
1: Where we went from, oh, she's just kind of there to, oh, she's winning a lot of matches. She's doing really good. Crowd's really getting behind her. Oh, wait, she might be a really big deal. Oh, she should probably be the champion. Oh, she's the biggest star in the company and no one has any objection to her being the headliner of Russell Maiden. this woman is amazing.
0: Yeah, and I think that's you kind of. It's the same thing with baseball. And when you like like a player, and you grow up with that player, you're kind of like, I, and they start to like hit home runs and hit for average, and they start to put the game together. You're like, are they gonna? Is this gonna stay? Like, and then it reaches a point where it becomes almost statistically unlikely that like Becky Lynch is never going to drop. I don't think below perennial champ she's cemented as a main event yeah exactly she's on the charlotte level now i think without question she's right there with charlotte this is never going to end between you and i we have
1: smacked out on rusev's in the ring right now and i feel like it's a really good comparison to draw because rusev got to that point where he got hot and like oh he might he might and then he fell yeah and he never recovered from that it's like
0: oh they you you didn't get through the league the second time right
1: it's you you had a hot
0: streak and then you cooled off. And, yeah, yeah. And like you, and you, you got figured out. Yeah, you got figured out by the league. It was like, and, and sometimes it's unfair to them because I think a lot of that is again being pushed. But I think part of being de-emphasized is them wanting you to be able to push yourself back up mm-hmm. because they don't have a spot for you, and they want you to understand it's going to be like a never-ending shit cycle, and like some players just can't get out of that slump they like sometimes they get the yips you get your rick and keels but a lot of times it's just like chris davis like he's not a bad hitter he just like the league figured him out and he doesn't have the bat speed to catch up to it and it catch up to pitches anymore and that really became like he had 48 a yohanio velez used to be the old uh hey, velez i love john Gosh. miller Swinging, there's a shot deep in the right center. Racing back to Lucci, still going back into Death Valley! It goes right over his glove! He missed it, but Ruben Rivero missed second base. Now he's heading for third, and they're going to throw him out by plenty, but the throw to third is botched! Now he's heading home, the loose ball in the infield, and he's out by five feet at the plate! And that was the worst base running in the history of the game. The game should
1: be over, and Ruben Rivera just did the the worst base running you will ever see. Unbelievable. No relation. <laughs>
0: you wish. You wish you were related to John Miller. Couldn't make my family any worse. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, Chris Davis was a great player for a couple of years, and then just... And that's something you also see in wrestling is, like, Kurt Angle. It's just, like, once you lose that thing that makes you a major leaguer.
1: Kurt Angle was a five-tool player. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's another. He like, two tools. And yeah. just everything fell apart. Yeah, And I feel like Booker T's strength is he left the game before yep. his tools fell apart.
0: Yeah, in, in terms of meaningfully in the spotlight. Because, like, mm. he's not great in main event mafia, but he really emphasizes the, like, I know how to hit for average. I can't hit home runs anymore. But, like, I know how to cut a good But he was up. no longer batting fourth and holding the field together. Yeah, exactly. He was just like, I'm going to be the Legends champion back here. I'm going to be... I'm going to bat seven. I'm left fielder. Is that cool? Like, yeah, exactly. I'm going to bat seven. I'm batting seven as a DH. Like, yeah. I'll be over here if you need me. <laughs> just saying, Chucky Ducky quack quack. Yeah. And that's fine. Yeah.
1: There's a spot for that.
0: Yeah, bless his heart. No, and I think he understood... I think... Part of growing old in sports is understanding your new roles. And I think somebody who's done that really well, and he reminds me of like a, a player that's switched teams a lot Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho feels like the most like a baseball career where he kind of like evolves into a different kind of player as his different skill set like like he if he feels like he's going Mike Trat's gonna have a similar career whereas like they're constantly like Mike Tratt when he first came in great defensive player hit for average and stole a lot of bases now he hits a lot of home runs he hits slightly he hits about the same for average but his Game has changed. He's gotten older. He's gotten bigger. He's understood like I can't keep killing myself defensively every time. I'm going to try every time, but like you can't do that or the Bryce Harper shit where you like run into the wall. It's like no, I have to be here for 150 to 162 games that you start to understand. That's what was great about Chris Jericho. Every time he comes in, it's just like, "Hey, I'm Chris Jericho. Isn't this great?"
1: But he also comes in with a new tool. Yes, so he might have a. Hey, listen, the last time you saw me, I hit 70 home runs, and that was a great season. This season, I'm going to bat three fifty and I'm going to steal 60 bases. You know why?
0: Because I'm Chris Jericho. Yeah, exactly, and you're going to watch me do it and be like, what? You're really doing this? And Yeah, that's the other thing. He commits to experimenting, which I think is another thing that, especially for hitters in terms of process, that's really important because the game changes under your feet. Guys they're way more f- fastballs. Guys take a lot more pitches because they're trying to, like, the game has changed in ways that hitters kind of haven't caught up to in a lot you know, of There's cases. a lot
1: of dudes striking out. Yeah. A lot. It's, it is it is, fascinating to watch the way that batters are not keeping up with
0: pitchers changing. And I think that's something, uh, and, and not to constantly do, the like, yeah, this is, but it's really, like, when you think about it, something you see a lot. You have a lot of people coming out now from NXT who have a lot of tools, and just aren't given the opportunities to get the reps on the main roster to get the at bats on the main roster. EC3s, people like that, where they're not bad. You're
1: calling EC3 a five tool player. He's a five tool. He's a great technical wrestler. My friend, he's. Have you gotten past like promos on YouTube with EC3? Because his That's pro- when
0: the that's the wrestling, isn't it?
1: If you're watching the South Park episode about, pro I said then yes.
0: To, I said they had a lot of tools, <laughs> and then I thought of EC three because it's the best one I could think of. Are you think because he? No, I'm not going to go there. He is a tool.
1: That may have crossed my mind, <laughs> but it's not. Are so you thinking about his tool? No, no. There's what about there, There's no tool watch happening right now. <laughs> <laughs> I know where you're going with that. I stopped you. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. There are children listening to this podcast. They children. want to hear about baseball. Okay.
0: That's fucking terrible. Why would they want to? No. Sorry, folks. Baseball's great. It's America's pastime.
1: What does that make the AEW roster? Because you have a lot of guys I think it's who a are WBC. AAA. No, I'm serious. It's <laughs> you have, kind you have of like. A lot like... of guys who are AAA five tool players who have, for like two or three seasons, kind of been crushing it. Are they guys that are going to adjust, have trouble adjusting to the game? On when the, they uh, hit a national s- stage, is AEW going to be the AAF where you go, oh, oh honey. it disappears in a, in a couple months Do you know, before the season ends? Well, what? I think
0: the important thing with AEW for me is that they have, as far as we know, I mean, this is rumored, an infrastructure of an actual television show. That they are not, they also don't have the disadvantage that the AAF was, which is their business model was predicated on the idea that they would be a developmental league for the NFL. They were going to get scout team players and they were that's how they're going to fill their rosters. And the NFL teams are like, nah. The Jonah Hill gif of just like, mm. uh, and Perfect that's for why they, the Audio media. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, people know. People know. People get it. Uh, <laughs> they. That's why they folded. It's because their entire business model. Where I think AEW isn't trying to be a developmental system for WWE. I think it will be. A, those teams are, like, good in and of themselves. Even if they weren't going to be going to the major leagues, that would still be good baseball. And I think that's kind of where, like, but obviously functionally they're a feeder system they're literally the farm system for the mlb but i think that like they're also set up to function somewhat independently in terms of like they're well-run organizations that like are like have actual people working for them it's not like a fly-by-night organization trying to take over mlb so as far as the talent on that roster the
1: guys that have stood out as kind of
0: quadruple a I know that sounds like a cop out, but like when people talk about the NL as a quadruple A, that's kind of what I I think it'll be like, I think WWE is the AL and I think that AEW is kind of like the NL West of like the mid 2000s where it's like a bunch of good teams and then like the next decade, they're really going to hit the big time with like the Dodgers and the Giants Giants winning a bunch of championships the Dodgers trying really hard and failing repeatedly to win a bunch of championships i hate the Dodgers <laughs> subtle <laughs> um, but, but i i think that's kind of where they are i think they have real potential to do really well a couple of years from now
1: so my my question is do those five tool players persist as five tool players or do they start focusing on individual strengths and roles
0: i think if they're smart they'll do that they'll they won't try to hit for a hit a home run every single time they come up. they understand that kenny omega is your home run hitter they won't they will try to build a team that tells a good story every week which i think at its best like lucha underground is like the best example of something i've seen in a modern television product of like everyone pulling in the same direction to tell like an overarching story about a a place of business or a place or a group of people. And I think that AEW could pull that off because the like being the elite series, there's this sense that they're all in and they're all in this together.
1: It also shows that they have an idea of story arcs. Yes. A long term story arc with week to week elements and developments. And
0: yeah, and that's something. Devices. Uh, not to toot my own horn, but to toot a couple of years ago. Another reason I'm tooting my own horn is because I predicted that the Astros would be good when they were fucking terrible. But I wrote a piece about how the Astros were very upfront about, like, we're going to be terrible. But three or four years from now, we're going to be contending for a World Series. Just trust us. And the fans did. I think AEW is also going to have that. Where it's like, no, we, we've seen all these people produce good content. Like, uh, the Astros had Jeff Lunno or something like that. He was the Cardinals. When the Cardinals were really good, he was one of their higher people in the front you office. You mentioned an Astro named Jeff, and the fact that Bagwell was the next name just blew my mind. <laughs> uh, and he, But he, he was one of the people at the forefront of, this team is going to be bad for a couple of years. We're not even bad. Well, they were actively bad, but we're rebuilding. And I think that it, it, AEW isn't... Isn't rebuilding; it's building. But I think their fans are going to give them more than a normal amount of the benefit of the doubt, and that could become like um, boosterism, right, or fanboyism, whatever you want to call it. But I think it really also has potential to allow them to grow. I think whoever has them, yeah, TBS or TNT or wherever it's because it's probably going to go to Turner. It they have an idea of I think of what they want to do with the brands of their networks
1: tbs is perfect because they are like the family guy of pro wrestling yeah
0: well and tnt works if they're going full sports and they're trying to make it mm -hmm. part of a sports portfolio which is also what you see with and this is the other thing that i was thinking about today is the way that they it's kind of become a tv product in the way that baseball is it's always actually they're very similar in that sense that they're innings eaters baseball is just inventory for regional sports networks and the way that in, when it first came up, wrestling was inventory for cable networks and it still is. It's still Sinclair
1: ring of honor. Yeah,
0: exactly. It is just, it's good inventory. If people will watch it, you always have a steady audience if you do it correctly. And I think that's something that people aren't going to be used to watching WWE and watching AEW like, AEW actually doing the right thing by their fans. Like, the shit you actually... Not even the, like, we're just... It's gonna be all fan service, but, like... The idea that... They aren't in the game... Of withholding gratification from you. They're going to tell a story. And they trust their ability to tell a story... And not try to get one over on you. And I think, like... That's what... They have made... And it's weird for us in New York, because... I don't love Michael Kay, but he's a pretty good broadcaster. And they have a pretty good broadcast team. And the Mets are perhaps the gold. Now that Vince Cully's retired, the gold standard. And I think that, like, they know what But those regional sports networks know what their fans want. Like, right. we, it's weird. Like I said, it's weird for us because we have actual great broadcast teams, especially right. the Mets. The Mets is an exception. Well, I'm the Yankees guy.
1: And, like, Michael Kay with his rotating team of co-hosts.
0: Is an exceptional, phenomenal. Yeah, he's an exceptional player. I don't and like with, him, but with
1: the Yes Network, the Yankees channel. He also like has the Michael K show. It's mm-hmm. like, nope, we know we know you're watching. Yeah. Here's stuff that you might also enjoy. Yeah, and, and there's
0: there's this idea of like it's that part of the presentation of the thing is fan service, and I think that's what AEW is going to give you in a way that WWE is intentionally withholding of gratification of a lot of things because they feel as though the long-term drug dealers make their money on the comeback wwe is about getting you to come back for that thing you want where aew i'm going to assume is going to go listen this thing has to progress so let's just make it move forward in an interesting interesting way every week we will have long-term storytelling storytelling ideas but we're not going to focus on building to these big specific shows like WrestleMania every year and i think that's kind of what has hurt the way that WWE has, does a lot of their stuff is they build to these big three or four we shows build to a
1: payoff but then think oh shit we have this next payoff yeah so last year with WrestleMania there were no payoffs because the payoff was the two weeks later in Saudi Arabia <laughs> and it burned a lot of people.
0: Yeah. It'd be like if you had the world series and then two weeks later, we're like, Oh, we're going to do the world baseball classic, yeah, the but super like world series. Yeah. Or exactly the super world series. <laughs> and I think that baseball fans themselves have a much better grasp that like playing what, the world series is great, but it's also a total fucking crap shoot, especially once you get to the playoffs and baseball fans I feel like in general are okay as long as their team is competitive through September and I think having that goal of being competitive for most of the year and hopefully you have a good year you catch fire you make the playoffs maybe you make it to the World Series could get lucky it's entirely possible it's happened before it's not like insane it's baseball there's a high variance and I think that like they have under they understand that like you don't have to have this big fucking blow off show every time You want to do something important. You can just have good matches on television shows and it's fine. Like, they don't wait in baseball. Be like, oh, today, because we're on national television, our third baseman is going to hit three home runs and have 10 RBIs. Like, it just happens. You know what I'm saying? And I think, like, WWE is really bad at not letting stuff just happen. It's... About making these World Series winning moments Every fucking time And it's like no, Sometimes it's, just It's totally the Yankees and Mets Subway Series Yeah, yeah. Branded, Every single time and everything Do you like ice cream Every fucking week? Chocolate
1: <laughs> Chocolate Chocolate <laughs> Chocolate No no cookie dough Chocolate <laughs> Yeah Would you want a mint chocolate chip? Chocolate <laughs> Yeah and it's just like Are you sick of chocolate? Guess what More <laughs> <There's that>. tra- <laughs> not even a swirl Straight fire <laughs> chocolate uh, And
0: I think What You see in WWE Is they have to let go of that Idea that they constantly have to Hit home runs In the most important game Of the season It's like yeah that's great But you know what's more important Just getting across home plate Just get to where you need to go Like Kofi is a perfect example of them just playing the game the right way manufacturing runs doing everything in the right like in the way that optimizes the situation pretty much as best as you can and just scoring because they out like they actually focused on scoring and not just like we're gonna hit a three-run home run hopefully at some point just being like, no, we have to get that guy to third so that like at WrestleMania we can just bring him home. And they did. And they did it perfectly because they kind of allowed them to do their own thing, but they also involved themselves in it. The meaning the McMahons, of course. Mm. But like Pronounce Pal. <laughs> no, but I, I they are this like it's the WWE, but it's also literally in this case, the McMahon. There's no when you watch like I think when AEW's on, and this is something that happens in minor league baseball. I think when you go to the game. You kind of lose the sense of the overarching idea of the MLB. You're just kind of like, Oh, it's a baseball game. And I think we're gonna watch AEW and go, This is a wrestling show. In the way that we do when SmackDown's good. Mm-hmm. Which is like this As is opposed to
1: Raw, which is a TV show about wrestling.
0: Yeah, exactly. And it's it's like and I think that's something that's going to be really refreshing is this idea that I'm just watching a baseball game. I'm just watching a wrestling show where people are on a wrestling show and I don't have to worry about the MLB being like, we actually have to hurry up with these pitches. Mm-hmm. Or you can have and I think there are nuances to the rules, I'm not necessarily against them to use as an example, instead of them being like, uh, you could you have to pitch the three batters. Like, okay, I can understand why that's like gonna speed up the game, but like is it worth completely like, getting rid of an entire section of strategy? I don't uh-huh. know. I think we have to evaluate that. And I think that like there, you're not going to get that sense when you're watching AEW that you get that, like, over oh, the commissioner is around the corner to going to decide to change the game some way. they are screwing with this thing I love to fix the ratings. Yeah, exactly. And you're like, okay, I don't know how I feel about that. It could be good. It could be awesome. It could be, like, it, it could add a lot more strategy to the game.
1: Or it could be, I was down for 170 games this year,
0: and now I kind of
1: don't want to watch anything.
0: Yeah. And... And I think the other thing that I I, I like that baseball does is they're they're very good at contextualizing stuff through numbers, which are very simple. And I think the WWE does this okay with, like, big events like uh, Royal Rumble. They do that Royal Rumble by the numbers thing every year. Always awesome. Always awesome.
1: Or when they choose to do a tail of the tape.
0: Yes. But, like, I always thought that they should do more stuff with, like, and they did it with Charlotte. They were like, this is like the 14th her 17th straight pay per
1: view victory. Yeah. Like,
0: and it's like, that was actually interesting. Like, who is going to break her? Yeah. It makes her, it shows
1: how dominant she is and a really easy to contextualize metric.
0: Yeah. Like, okay, 14th straight. Yeah. They, I've, need, hit two,
1: I've hit two home runs in six of my, the last 10 games. Like, yeah. oh, I'm amazing. Yeah, yeah. Like,
0: oh, you're either hotter than shit or just really good. And I think, that WWE in particular has the actual documented history to do a lot more stuff with statistics. And I know that sounds like really nerdy, but you don't have to do anything crazy. You can just, and they do, like you said, when they do tell the tape, but they do actually clearly have these statistics like on hand in terms of their actual records. Dude, even
1: something as crazy as Kurt Hawkins' losing streak.
0: Yes, that was the other, that was just about
1: Him to say being that. the jobber of all jobbers got him over to the point where he won a title at WrestleMania. Yeah,
0: in his hometown. Yeah. And that's probably what they pitch: is you're going to have one of the longest losing streaks ever, but it's going to end with you winning something. We don't know what. Maybe the Andre the Bat,
1: Giant. You with your best friend of the last yeah. twenty years and winning a title at WrestleMania. Yeah, exactly. Good?
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll totally lose. But it told a story where he wasn't just losing. Like it wasn't just that he lost a lot; it's that he never won. And I think that's. Something that they told through numbers in a way that you wouldn't have a comprehension of it. It was just like, this guy loses a lot. It's like, he's lost 200 times, and I feel like I've watched 100. It really, like, settles into your brain that this guy loses all the time. But he's not bad. He just loses because he's an idiot. Like, I was trying to explain to, I was watching with friends yesterday, and it's like, it's really hard to explain Kurt Hawkins. Because he's, again, this is another guy that's like a, a great catcher. Not great on offense, but like really gets where he's supposed to be, where he's supposed to be standing. How to make you look good? He does a lot of. The, he's a great hand.
1: If you see how good his students are, you understand how good Kurt Hawkins is. Yeah, dude has great students coming out of his school.
0: Yeah, he's a just a great hand. He's an old school.
1: Kind of strong. Yeah,
0: he's a he's basically like a borderline line or guy, but with enough talent that if they he's almost too good at being that that role that he ends up being a utility man. You're just like... For me, as a 90s baseball fan, he's Louis Soho. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just like they aren't the best. You're not saying, oh, this guy's a Hall of Famer. you like, he's way better than... He's memorable. He's memorable. And that losing streak was really... A, it was memorable. And B, it really made him into a character that persevered through a lot of stuff without actually like piling it on and being like he did he's the great this is the greatest moment it was like congr- this is good this is good good for him like good because, job pal because it wasn't it was one of those things where like it's kind of like a, this is a different sport but it's kind of like in no actually i think i can use it nolan ryan walked a lot of fucking people mm-hmm. and he was basically a 500 pitcher he also struck out a trillion people well, look at almost any home run hitter yeah they strike
1: out yeah exactly as often as they homer. Yeah, exactly. I watched I, the Yankee game last week where Aaron Judge struck out four friggin' times in one game. But that, that SOB
0: will hit a thousand home runs. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, okay, well,
1: tonight you, wasn't your day. Yeah, night exactly.
0: Game. Not, and nobody, nobody's perfect in these games. Right. And like, Curt Hawkins, you don't get. To strike out that many times without being a good enough hitter that they need you. Same thing with Chris Davis. To go back to Chris Davis, similar situation. You're
1: still in that run, in that lineup for a reason. Because,
0: yeah, because if you get make contact with the ball, it's going to go very far. You just can't make contact with like good contact with the ball right now. And that was kind of what it felt like with Kurt Hawkins. And they did a good job of playing it in that middle lane where he's not the worst wrestler you've ever seen. He's just not good enough to ever win. And I really think that that's like the best example in a very long time of them using an actual win-loss statistic. It makes wins and losses matter because that's like the one thing they really have. Like I've made wrestling statistics because I'm a giant nerd and there are a lot of baseball they're baseball styles because there's so much data that you can get from house shows from stuff like that. There's so many things. They don't even have to include house shows. They can literally just include like television appearances and pay-per-views. And make it like you understand how these people are doing. I don't really care about the validity of the numbers. But give me some context. And they do do it when they want to. And it comes out great almost every time. And you see it every single year in that Royal Rumble video.
1: And NXT. And NXT. NXT is really good about making wins and losses matter. Yeah. Undefeated streaks. Or I've lost once. Yeah. And it wasn't to you. Yeah. Not going to beat me.
0: They actually go, I have, yeah, I've won loss. I've won this many times. And people are allowed to lose because it's not, you're not losing track of it. It's a, it's a thing that's paid attention to. And I, baseball is the all time best at this in any sport. I don't think it's close baseball has the best numbers it has the most memorable 755 762 73 70 61 60 babe ruth hitting more home run like you think about the idea that he hit more home runs than entire teams like and that's that's all numbers i don't like i think it was 29th his 29th home run was the one where he had hit more than any other team and it's like that stuff matters and you can and part of the reason people get so pissed in steroid era is because it decontextualized a lot of those numbers but it didn't once you realize that was a distinct era and you just judge it accordingly you can adjust for like asterisk yeah exactly but like it doesn't diminish that those things did happen it just changes the way we have to view them but it gives you so much context and when they bring up their history which they love doing in big picture terms they can do it with like Jinder Mahal being the I think the 50th WWE mm-hmm. champion they could have probably done a better job but, but stuff like that is a really great way to like Jinder Mahal should have been walking around with on the 50th WWE Champion, that means I'm the greatest. And it's like, those don't correlate at all. It's like a chronological thing. But it's, but it's a heel thing that you can say because the 50 is a number that we have attachments to. That's a big deal. That's a milestone. We're
1: talking about baseball stats. And I love the use of some sabermetric type stats mm-hmm. in baseball. We're just combining certain things to go, no, look, this, this guy is so good. You take this stat and this stat, and you just slam them together. And now look how good he is. Yeah. And it kind of gives you, as we were talking about before, kind of an explanation Is like, no, this is why this guy's here. Yeah, He's here because these two things that really matter, if you could buy, like, I think, what is it now, average and on-base percentage? It's on-base
0: percentage and slugging is OPS. And that is a very good indicator of how well a guy gets, how productive a guy is just by a single number. And there's other things you can extrapolate out, but I actually did a similar thing with um, the amount of, the percentage of shows you appeared on and the value of your wins so basically what i did is i used slugging percentage model so WrestleManias four Uh, any pay-per-view is four points any television shows three points any um like network special is the like the beast from the in the east Mm -hmm. stuff is two and any house show victories one and basically, what I did is I added it up, and then you divide by the number of victories, and you get a number that's like 1.2, let's say, slugging. That's your their slugging, their victory percentage or whatever, it's strength of victory, basically. Asuka had the highest one by far because she was on almost every show and she won every single time at everything, no matter big or small. So she had this incredibly high number. And you compare it to like Alexa Bliss, and you're like. Oh yeah, she's like twice as powerful as Alexa Bliss, and it makes sense in the context of looking at a number and going, "Oh yeah, she like in terms of how they treat her." This is during her streak. Mm -hmm. It was like she is clearly at a next level from anybody. Dominant next level performer. Yeah, exactly. And you versus this little girl who.
1: You know, yeah, connives her way to victory.
0: Yeah, like Alexa Bliss lost a lot of matches on house shows, but it was eight person tag teams. Like you had to put that in context and you reduce it by the amount of people, so she has a lower number than she would because she constantly loses. But like it really helps you look at numbers and go, okay, I understand how this person is different from this person. It doesn't give you like a full picture, but it can really help like make it clear that something is going on just because wrestling has so many things happen they wrestle what 300 nights a year 320 or something like that a All together, lot i'm not yeah. sure exactly how many but. it's crazy and that's all all of those things have eight or nine matches every single one has people in it and those are that's that's hundreds of examples of things you could just build up numbers we don't really need to think about the house shows like i said but you can include those numbers no one's going to like, be like, oh, she loses a lot on house shows. They'll, like, have them be drunk. But well,
1: she's still on every house show. Yeah, exactly. If I'm on the roster, but I never really appear on TV, if I do, I lose, and I'm not on any house shows, I have no value.
0: Yeah. But if if you're on a house show, and you're just, uh, even, you can go, oh, well, they call them- fucking live events mm. just brand them entirely as live events and be like he's done really well at live events he's 15 and 7 in his and last. that's why he's
1: getting a u.s title match
0: yeah exactly like it's ways to just build out value on not actually have to do it the way they made up the intercontinental title tournament like you can do this shit and actually have it be a thing where if you go you're like oh this match matters mm-hmm. It doesn't matter matter but it matters enough that like they keep track of it.
1: That's why every baseball game matters yes. even though every bat matters, a lot of baseball they, games don't feel like they matter.
0: Because but, everything's documented and recorded and there's a track. You can watch of it.
1: Monday night raw and a ton of matches don't feel like they matter. Yeah, because champs you've, out there are not competing for anything.
0: Yeah, they're just they're just constantly and that's like where I think there's real space for improvement especially and I hope when they go to Fox they actually start doing stuff like that because it's a great opportunity to kind of rebrand that as a more sportsy show, especially because uh, it's SmackDown. It's not Raw. Right. Don't and that's have-
1: where I feel you can get a talking smack back into place. Yeah.
0: and because baseball does
1: that really well. Yeah, and sports in general do that really well. well they, here's the post-show. Yeah, here's everything that you missed that matters. Here's yeah, the stuff that you saw that matters, and we're gonna explain why it matters more than you realize it matters.
0: Yeah, pay attention. Yeah, it's and, re- and I think Triple H said that is coming back on Fox Sports 1. It damn well should. It's, yeah. What a missed opportunity. If yeah, Talking do Smack it, is one of the content. That is, I think we can end on that. Talking Smack is a really great example of a post-game show that is the one other thing in terms of the presentation that wrestling is missing. You have to create content people will watch because they just watch wrestling and they need to decompress from how hyped they were from wrestling you know how you do that you give them wrestling adjacent entertainment which is why like i wouldn't change Ms. And mrs, Ms. And mrs. on i'm not like i'm not like get this shit off i'm like oh cool i like those guys because they were just on the show i really like right
1: yeah it's now, that here's them out of context yeah
0: and here's like highlights and clips and them talking and, and analyzing what's going on it's yeah so now that we've solved wrestling and baseball right we've solved, that a problem that we have to solve i guess um I have a question I've been thinking about this entire time. I can't wait to hear it. What baseball player would make the best wrestler outside of Randy Savage, obviously? Because he was a legit minor league player, like an actual good player as far as I know.
1: I'm going modern Yankees, and I'm going to say Aaron Judge. I I was thinking... he's... He's a walking monster. Yeah. So he could be your Braun Strowman. But I say this in the most loving Yankees fan kind of way, in case this monster ever, you know, hears this and sees <laughs> me in the bleachers. Um, he has a really punchable face, <laughs> so if you needed him to be a six foot eight heel who eventually gets his comeuppance, I think a lot of people would be just fine seeing him eat it.
0: I, um, I think in the history of wrestle uh, of baseball. Um, I think it's Ichiro. He would just be like... I just think he would be the most awesome wrestler. Like,
1: I'm just picturing him getting halfway down the first baseline while swinging. Yeah. And trying to imagine that translating into wrestling.
0: I want him to... He would be the best like, version of Ricky Steamboat you could ever imagine, I feel like. He'd just get his ass kicked and keep coming at you. You know,
1: he did just retire from baseball. Yeah, like he. We could probably make this happen.
0: <laughs> if you do, you think if get... we just
1: yell outside of his house,
0: Ichiro?
1: This is 2019. I think if we tag him and like Matt Bloom and Triple H in one Instagram post, we're in. It's it's done. Oh,
0: you're doing done. I knew it was a good idea to have you on the show. It's done. That's it. Um. Yeah. You know, so NXT you...
1: North American Champion before we know it. <laughs>
0: Don't even joke about the dream like that. That's not cool, man. He'll be main eventing wrestling. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Just um, like, it's it's like the the have 24th a fourth birthday. <laughs> <laughs> uh so do you have anything to plug? There's an NYWC show coming up, right? Uh
1: NYWC shows coming up every month. Uh you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter at NYWC Wrestling, NYWC, New York Wrestling Connection on Facebook, NYWCWrestling.com. Um, we are sometimes on independent where if you enjoy the sound of my voice, you can hear me make my live commentary debut at the Psycho Circus, which uh, is available on demand right now. Promo code NYWC20. Get you 20 free days.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, Nice.
1: Uh, And if you want to watch me not tweet, you can follow me on Twitter. Andy Miller (laughs) JMS.
0: Yeah, that's right. Juice makes sugar. So it's not changing it's in too many places <laughs> uh, and you can check me out i'm at the nixer t-h-e-n-1 c-k-s-t-e-r you can check us out at how wrestling and don't forget to rate review and subscribe to us on itunes five star reviews only unless you really don't like the show then give us like a four star review there will be no four star reviews <laughs>
1: If you are going to have the nerve to give us anything less than five stars, you will meet me at the NYWC Sportatorium in Deer Park, New York, and we're going to (laughs) roll.
0: I like that. I like this new vibe. Yeah, we're not taking any shit.
1: (laughs) No stolen base.
0: And Red Sox are world champions.